Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, welcome to Redman Radio, the Liverpool podcast. Uh, this week, almost entirely dedicated to our love of James Miller. We'll come to that in due course though, Chris. Yeah, we will, man. Yeah, we I will. Can't, like, well, do we have to, or can we just do it now? Because you know, I'm ready to. Talk There's not much to get through in the way of news, so it it, it shan't be long. Um, kickoff question. The, can I give you the news in brief after the kickoff question? Yes. Kickoff question comes from Early Simpson at Eurus ninety on Twitter. He says, "Well pronounced." Why was Neymar not playing yesterday? <laughs> was he injured? Yeah. Um, just I, I Neymar was all right, wasn't he? He was okay. No, yes, underwhelming, to be honest, I think it's probably the right word. Was he underwhelming? Was he underwhelming because he didn't play well, or was he underwhelming because we played really well against him? He was underwhelming for Paris fans because Liverpool dicked Neymar everywhere, basically. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's that time, and it's, it's early on, it's probably three, four, five minutes into the game, and he's fighting with Trent on the wing, and then... All of a sudden, he's running to Jordan Henderson, and then Mo Salah's there, and then James Milner's there, and then he ends up giving the ball away. And it was like that all day. You know, he was playing in an area of the pitch whereby he wanted to come inside. So what we did was we just pushed Trent past him and said, "Okay, well that's fine. If you're coming inside, we don't need to keep Trent back. Yeah. We'll play using width and we'll play with crosses against you." I think yeah. it was like something ridiculous, like 29 crosses Liverpool put in, and we just. March, Trent Alexander-Arnold all the way up the field. I'm like, go ahead. If he's not going to track you, we'll utilise that. And what we ended up doing is making like an offset back three yeah. with Robbo, with Van Dijk and with Gomez. And our midfielders, I just, I couldn't, it felt like James Milner was the man of the match. Mm-hmm. But if you'd have told me Jeannie Wijnaldum was your man of the match or Jordan Henderson, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, That's fine. I'm, sure. I'm not going to pick up this apart. They were all outstanding. And it was like we had a game plan, not just for Neymar, but for every player that they had that could cause us problems. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in on the, like the, the Neymar thing in that his game, his, his game is dribble inside the pitch, dribble inside the pitch and then kick the ball through the middle and hope that Mbappe runs onto it. That's literally what he what he, what he does for them, and his, his his passing was horrendous for most of it, apart from that one thing where the goal, the Mbappe goal, where pass Van Dijk is so close doesn't to pass it. stopping him from releasing the ball. He doesn't pass it. Van Dijk tackles him. If you look at it, it's a bang bang play. Van Dijk tackles him. It bounces off Van Dijk's foot into Neymar's foot and goes through to Mbappe. But to be fair to Neymar, 
he was the only player on their pitch who had any key passes last night, if you look at the stats. Yeah. He had four key passes. No other Paris Saint-Germain player had any. But that's also the funnel effect of having Neymar there, isn't yeah. it? It's that, like, we used to have it with Steven Gerrard. Yeah. You have that one player, and it's like, oh, Coutinho. Yeah, there. Give him the ball, he'll do something. I think Neymar thrives off that, and I think mm. he wants to be that guy. That's why he left Barcelona. But it's a team game, and you've got to recognise as a team that's not always the best option, no I, matter how good he is. I love the fact that you know it, it, it's that there's almost a narrative around it. We did we covered this in loads more depth on the final word this week, as we did PSG in general. So if you want more on the PSG stuff, go to the RedmenTV.com and watch that or listen to that podcast. Cough, cough. Um, you went on that one? No, I wasn't. But we didn't. I did an hour on the stats and tactics show on PSG. So if you really want to love it. We've got two hours worth of PSG content. And there. the Man of the Match podcast as well, for that matter. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you a little we bit. We went. No, neither neither of us are on that so I mean, it, could, it could be good, it could be shit, who knows? Yeah. Um, the, um But the, the, there was that the thing of Neymar picking the ball up. And if you're a big Neymar fan, you'd be like, oh, you know, he wasn't really, he wasn't, he wasn't really his peak of powers yesterday. He'd had, had basically a week off. To prepare for the game, he's he was well. He was well rested. If he's not rested, it's his own fault. He's sat up and, and, and ruined himself. Clearly, you know he's probably been watching. You know, he's, he's maybe stayed up watching with his sister or something. Binge what? Okay, it's fine. Binge what? Well, okay. Binge watching. Binge watching box sets is what I was going to go with. Is this an incest vibe you're hitting? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. Okay. So, just want to clarify that. Um, <laughs> I think we'll, 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 I think we'll, we'll, move, we'll move that on there. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what, was your, what was your week's topics? What for? You wanted to talk about the news in brief? We'd be PSG and we made them look silly. Okay, cool. They're literally the only news, there's, there's been a few bits and pieces. Uh, there were actually some interesting stuff. I can't believe it, uh, you didn't admit those rumours. Yeah, okay, cool. It's fine. Is that a... We don't need to... We don't... Everybody else... Every, everybody else knows. Okay. Yeah, so... It was. You don't need. To, you shouldn't have to explain these things, and it, it doesn't work. But maybe it does for a podcast. Who knows? News in brief. What else? <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool appoint Jack Robinson as assistant goalkeeper coach. Um, if you look at the way this story's been spun a little bit, it's it's like we're hiring the, the replacement for Achterberg, and he doesn't know it yet. Except if you actually read into it, Achterberg's effectively hired this yeah. guy just to give him a, give him a bit of hand. But I don't think it's a bad idea to have another guy in there. To help, like, extra pair clothes. of hands, uh, literally an extra <laughs> pair of hands, uh, but also that jokes, yeah, that's nailed, nailed on. Uh, but also, I think for whatever people may think of John Achterberg, again, we, we did the Red Sea Roundup show this week where we talked a lot about, about, about this. Really interesting, um, having some fresh ideas in the place is never gonna, never gonna hurt a coaching setup. No, I think these guys know that. I think. Jürgen Klopp knows that. It's why we brought Thomas Gronemark into the club as the as the throwing coach. It's Klopp, the, the great bosses, managers, coaches, whatever it is, understand their weaknesses and get people surround themselves with people who are better at the stuff that they're not good at. Yeah. And if Akterberg's good, not good at co- coaching goalkeepers, then let's get, get another <laughs> get one in. You know what I mean? That would be a slight. Um, but no, it, I, I, the, we did discuss the whole thing. Is Akterberg good enough, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Um, it was me, Ben, and, and AJ on that one, and some really interesting points raised. So again, if you want that discussion topic covered, we did that. And there's a couple of players, a player that we've been linked with, uh, some some 
Dean Zagreb winger, which is the biggest little bollocks of it. Olmo, Olmo, cuddle me, Olmo. It sounds like um, he's come straight out of Sesame Street. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, look, we'll move on because the news and brief is nowhere near as interesting as talking about the fact that Liverpool beat Paris Saint Germain three two uh, at Anfield. Question to you, Mister Chris Pajak: Was that result a message sent to the rest of Europe? Yeah, I think so. It's more like you've got to imagine. Everyone always says we're sat at Europe, Europe's top table. Mm-hmm. That's that's what thing. We've walked into that room in a dressing gown, mate. Mm-hmm. We've sat at the head of the fucking table. We've opened the dressing gown. Dressing gown. We've slapped our cock on the table, and we've said, "Listen, boys, we're back." We're, we're absolutely back, and you're all dead uncomfortable because it, you would be, wouldn't you, would if someone walked in? If you, and the worst thing about it is, unfortunately, because I'm sat in front of you, the only person I can see doing this right now is yourself. And yes, Chris, that would be fairly uncomfortable. Um, but that's what Liverpool have just done, basically, yeah. with that. And it's not like a written message that's passed around the table. It's we've walked in, we've opened our dressing gown, we've slapped our cock on the table, and we said, boys, who's next? Who wants some of this? Because we're, we're like, bend over, we'll give it to any of you. Okay. Wow. We've taken this in a direction. I wasn't thinking we were gonna go. We were gonna go there. So, what are we hoping they're gonna do to us? <laughs> Just let us win the European Cup. Right. Okay. I thought it was some sort of sexual intercourse. Okay. That's fine. Um, fine. Absolutely cool. Um, yeah. No. I. I. I think we we talked about this in the build up about how Liverpool, the perception of Liverpool on the continent. It's, we don't really get to see that so much and how from the PSG perspective people thought that Liverpool were favourites going into this game and I think in our heart of hearts I thought we all, I think we all felt not that we were favourites but I think we felt that we were we were always going to give PSG a game mm. but I think for anyone for, for, for passive observers and what have you you know I spoke to Flav from Ball Street this morning about it and they're really like jealous is not the way but envious they, they're looking at us going like wow you know, and, and there's, there's probably a few people who are hoping that Liverpool, who, who have, have thrived off or enjoy Liverpool being a flash in the pan for a number of years. And I think, you know, be, going having PSG come round to our house and then barely make it out alive, it's not a message. The, the result isn't the message because or sorry, the scoreline isn't the message in the same way it was with Tottenham Hotspur. But Thomas Tuchel will be coming out of that game going, oh my God, oh my God, what are we... What am I going to do here? Yeah. And not, not only that, Tuchel said in his press conference, like this pure defeatist line, wasn't it? And it, I read it today on, on social media and it was like, it's Anfield, it's what they do here. Yeah. That is as defeatist as you get. Yeah. That's one of the top coaches in European football with the best players at his disposal yeah. that's just gone, you can't win here, boys. And that in itself is just as big a message mm. for what Liverpool did to his team on the pitch. Well, because now anybody's coming into Anfield and going, Tuchel's a great coach, he's got Neymar, he's got Cavani, he's got all this. And he realised he was done before they started. And he kind of were, Paul. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing. I, and this, I, this, Tuchel must absolutely hate Anfield. Yeah, completely, completely. And it's, it's interesting because... I don't think he will have felt that going into the game. That will have been his, his lingering fear based on the Dor- on the Dortmund results. But he'd have gone in going, well, that was Dortmund. And that, was, that wasn't that was really my team. I hadn't had me full time to put my stamp on it. It was still Jürgen's team. And of course, Jürgen had the, the hoodoo over them players. They loved him more than they bloody loved me. But this is Paris Saint-Germain. I've got Neymar. I've got Mbappe. Mbappe's got four goals in three games this season. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and yeah, afterwards, he's kind of going, oh, oh, oh. 
oh Christ. And I love that idea as well because we looked at the, there was that top line stat, there was that graphic that we looked at in the countdown to kick off and, uh, and like their, their front three had scored one more goal than our front three had done in the, in whatever it was, in 2017 Since the start or, of 17-18, yeah. I, I imagine it includes this season. Yeah, so they do, they'd scored one more goal and so effectively they've just got another, they've got a lethal front line the way that we have and imagine us taking our front three to a place and going, yeah, well, you know, I can't imagine us coming away from anywhere in the world going, well, that's just what, just what happens, isn't it? And I love the fact that they've set that out now almost like, I mean, look, this is PSG. We got into this group, everyone was talking about it. Napoli and Belgrade draw, which now means we've now got a nice little two-point cushion at the top of there. PSG, bottom of the group after the, the first... Great. <laughs> well, no, exactly. And it, that, we talked about these statements and setting things out. They're going to have to contend with that. That's going to change how they play us when we go to, to the day yard as well. Yeah, they, they have to come out. Do they, they have anyway. Exactly, but do they, is the, there'll be added Maybe. pressure on them to come out or do they, does he, does he, does, is he then planning the rest of his fixtures going, Christ, we need to put all our efforts into getting our points elsewhere because Liverpool's going to be, to be Liverpool's fair, going to be he's just put all his eggs in the Liverpool basket by resting Neymar, by resting mm. Mbappe for this game. And listen, you know, by the time it comes around, we both might have qualified. Yeah. You know, but for Tuchel and his job, because he's new to Paris Saint-Germain and, you know, he wants to create that culture of winning in European ties, he needs to at least split the series. Yeah. So he has to win. A draw is now not good enough for yeah. him. And that's that's the interesting point. Whether they finish higher than us in the group stages or not, yeah. if we win and draw, then they've lost and drawn. And he won't be pleased with that. And Paris Saint-Germain fans will not be pleased with that. So so he has to win that game. Mm. And it's a great it's a great way to look at it, isn't it? Isn't it just? Isn't it just? I um wanna talk about Sadio Mane. Let's do it. I have not talked about James yet. Oh, no, I'm really disappointed. Don't worry, we've got questions coming in. Questions galore to, to answer about James Milner. Because yeah, I'm gonna, it's like you got, you got maybe ten minutes max, or I'm off. <laughs> I was told we were talking about James Milner. Paul, <laughs> I, I want to talk about Sadio Mane because I think everyone's talking about. Uh, uh, but you know, we've just done it. Talking about Neymar, we're talking about uh, the people's talking about Mohamed Salah and how he doesn't doesn't react to, to things. Mohamed Salah, by the way, did celebrate Liverpool's goal. For anyone who thinks he did, he very much does celebrate it. I wasn't. I didn't think of Mane's performance as being quite as good at the time as I did upon rewatching the game. And it was, you know what? It, he the tricks and flicks and stuff that he pulled out. And I got it here that he's so so close to being genuinely world class. You got that wrong. I think that you know what the difference was. It was there's two moments where he his ability with a football is as good as anyone can be with a football. It's the one where he basically sends sends Neymar for the echo and the other one is right near the end where he he, he dinks it over Kimpembe, is it? Or Kimpembe, whatever his name is. And I've done that twice. On the, I should have just learned what his name was. And he, he blams it across the, the face of goal. Both of those efforts, I think when he does cross that threshold, and I think very much that he will do that this season at some point, I think he sticks at least one of those in, in the back of the net and puts the game... You know, out of sight. He, I don't. I don't feel that he's just. I don't feel that he's there yet. But I feel he is so marginally close to being there. Yeah, I listen. You're splitting hairs when 
your definition of world class is going to be different to my definition of world class. I, I think that he is world class, and you know you'll you'll see all of the same qualities that I will, and you'll see all the same negatives that I will. So that's that's obviously based. It doesn't matter whether I think he is or he isn't for mm-hmm. the sake of this. What I will tell you is that he was compared with Phil Coutinho, and Phil Coutinho's world class player. Yeah, everyone says so. Yeah. Uh, man, he's been more consistent for what? longer with goals and assists. Yeah. You know, two years ago when Fulcatino was inside for Liverpool, who was our player of the year, Sadio Mane, who gets the big move for 150 odd million, Fulcatino. Yeah. How many goals and assists does Sadio Mane get last season? Well, a fucking ton, mm. quite frankly. This season, he started out like a house on fire. One of the things that I look for in a world-class player is consistency. Yeah. He has now shown that for over two years at Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. He's world class for me. The thing for me is what I what I mean what I'm looking for in this in this in this thing. People think of Nate. I think there's a you've got Messi and Ronaldo as joint number one best players, and they redefine what world world class is. So if we if we let's let's take it from the, from this thing, I think that that third spot. I think you're gonna that list is gonna be regenerated in two years anyway when Messi and Ronaldo stop being quite at the that, that peak of that powers and it's the players who step up to that. Neymar is the one who is that is is the elect player for that because he's at the right age. He's gonna come up just at the time where they're finally finally dipping out. I think people expect it to be Neymar. But looking at the way Neymar go was ghosting past people last night, I don't see too much of a difference between him and him and Sadio Mane. And what I mean is I think he's He's this, I think this will be the season when if he continues on this form and if he, he he could break 30 goals this season if he continues the way he's going and I wouldn't I think if he does that I think he'll get the recognition that goes with it as well and he he could be one of those players that gets mentioned as like the way Suarez third best player well third best player in the world is the is the one that we've had for five six years now say and I think I think this season could be the one where not just us but the rest of the world goes Bloody hell, Sadio Mane. If you see everyone, he's the player that everyone wants to have because he's got everything. Pace, power, dribbling. Right now, name me a better left winger in world football. Yeah, exactly. There isn't. I think, like you would say, to say what you said before, it's splitting hairs. You could say Neymar. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, and I think people would, the fact people that would the, rank the, Neymar above him yeah, but on reputation that, and value and exactly, all that but kind but of the stuff. The fact that you can't reel off four or five yeah. names suggests that he's 
at that level there or thereabouts, yeah. regardless, yeah. doesn't it? And that's the thing for me. And I think we we often look that we look, we often look fondly at other teams and other standout players and forget that we're witnessing something great here on a week by week basis. Yeah. I mean, how many world class performances has James Milner put in? Yet he'll never be entered into the conversation of world class Paul. Yeah, I know. Well, it's astounding, isn't but it? But how many times do you see him pull out? A just a, a magnificent game. If he, it's interesting. There was a shout, and I can't remember what show it was. Oh, it was a, it was a tw- it was a tweet. I think on the on the Twitter reactions post match, and it was the Miller uh, Mil- Milner door, basically. You know, Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Um, when you consider, like they do love an aging midfielder in 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 the running for the these Premier competitions. Writers. Well, yeah, yeah. Writers. It wouldn't shock. It wouldn't shock me because again, it's another thing. Flav being a Tottenham fan, and I saw a few Tottenham fans talking about him on, on Twitter last night, saying like, oh God, he's been so good, he's so hard. it's impossible to dislike James Milner, and that's it's absolutely dead right, and he is in that, he's in that vein of four. In fact, there's a, let's 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 get into the question. So Charles Holmden says, and it's interesting that he says this because it's something to echo what you said on the Instant Match Reaction podcast. Watching Milner yesterday, I couldn't help but draw comparisons to Stevie G. How far is he off Stevie's level? And I think as we kind of come to, you kind of have to, I think you have to break Stevie. Stevie was four different players throughout his career, I think, more or less. And Milner's probably been about 10. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever been world class in any of them. But I do feel like if you judge what we've seen so far this season and from around this time last season, I think he's become a. I think he has become a world class midfielder. Certainly for the for the last at least nine months since January, something like that, whatever, he's been playing at that level. He's absolutely been playing at that level. I mean, who did he beat out in the assist charts in the Champions League? The, the, Everyone. The, 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 well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. All the world class players that play in the Champions League each and every year. Yeah. In that year, obviously, because he couldn't beat them up. Got the record. Actually, he actually beat them in all he's years. Everyone, to be fair, he's yeah. beaten every everyone player ever. that's ever played in the he's Champions the best, League. He's the best creative midfield. He's the most creative <laughs> midfielder ever to play in the Champions League. James Milner. There you go. He's, he's literally well classed, then, isn't he? I know. I know. But, but at thirty-two, I actually feel he's better than Stevie at thirty-two. It's interesting. I, you know, it, it might be worth. A, I've not actually done any look into the, the stats, but we were talking a little bit about this last night and how. You're right. I said like the DM Stephen Gerrard, which of course Milner isn't. So you know it's not like to play it in the same position per se. But you know at that point we were trying to get what we could out of Gerrard. He had the one last one song, anchor in the midfield, which people forget because they always go on about the thirty. He only did from December onwards. Yeah. There was a point where he wasn't really working in that team. We had we a little run of games. About, well, maybe we'd play him as the ten. Well, we had we had a run of games where we played uh, Alan Henderson um, and got and Lucas. I think it was yeah. in the, uh, Lucas in the in the DM and Alan and Henderson in the, uh, di- part of the diamond. And we were like, this is this midfield works so much better. And I think it was around the time Alan picked up another injury and 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 we oh Henderson and we and we we, we scooch it round and and Gerard makes it his own. But in terms of like having that level of energy, you're going back. It was like twenty. Gerard in his twenties, late twenty. It was like it was late twenties when he was playing, even yeah. remotely similar to how Milner's playing at the moment. And there's some extenuating circumstances. Obviously, Gerard had really tough injuries at oh, the start yeah, of his yeah, career, yeah, absolutely. So, and also, you know, Milner being that little bit younger, sports science being just a bit further along in football, it feels like he was one of the early adopters anyway. Who breaks into the league at sixties and playing in the 
bloody Prem for 16 years. See, I mean, see, I'm not saying Gerard's a massive boozer because I know, I know that he's not, but I think Milner's teetotal, yeah. you know, so all that stuff, he's, he's you're right, he's, you look at like that, he's more a product of the students of the Ryan Giggs way of doing things. Exactly. Not, not that how you live your you know, sexual life, but how you how you live life as a, as a footballer, taking care of yourself and <laughs> what have you. I issue. I, I, Has James he got any brothers, James? Yeah, 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 I'm sure, sure he's a solid stand-up guy. Um, but yeah, you know that the whole gig. You know, was, you could see. I can't. I, you can see eventually James Milner will start to slow down, and it's going to be a long season. But you know, we've. He's also not this. been run into the ground, has he? No, no, no. And you, know, I, I, you have a few years at City where you're a, bit, a little bit, you know, more of a squad player, and you come into Liverpool and you don't play seventy games a season because nobody plays seventy games a season, Chris. <laughs> uh, but you do play every game uh, when you're playing left back and stuff. So he's had it a little bit easier over the the tougher years, I suppose, of his career. Where Stevie was just like you fit you in. But when we talk, talk a lot of what the talk this season is about players tiring, and you know, it's about World Cup hangovers, and you know, I've said this season's going to be pivotal because everyone's legs are going to fall off in the last six weeks, two months of the season. It's going to happen across across the board, particularly for the top the top six teams. James Milner might be 32, and that will have a, that will have an impact on that. But he's not gone the World Cup. He's on a holiday, and he's kept himself he's kept himself in shape. And as you say, it's on the back of him being only really having probably half a season this the season before really at the true at, at true intense level. He was and he was rotated for the, for a spell as well. Yes, probably his hardest season ever. When he did the season at left back, and that's when we saw the the limits of what you can do with with James Milner. But now he he feels like he's not, not going to lose loads. He's not got loads of pace to lose, so that won't, won't be an issue. And I and I don't think he's the kind of player who will ever save himself. So you might not be able to put him out for fifty games a season, but you're always whatever games you're going to put him out for, you're going to get that. I think you're going to get that James that's Milner. Really interesting point. Actually, I, I I I'd never considered it like that. But yeah, he's not going to be one who's, you're right, he's not going to be looking forward to going, if I go easy a bit here, I'll get in the game for the next one. He'll just empty his tank mm. every single game that he's asked to empty his tank and he'll see whether it refills or not. Yeah. And we might find that it, later down the line it doesn't. But right now it doesn't look like it's ever going to start. And listen, we talk about his engine, we talk about his age too much. Let's talk about what he does on the football field, by the way. Yeah. Because the separation that he gets from every midfielder that he's playing opposite against, he always finds himself in space. Yeah. He always finds, but when they've got the ball, he always finds himself there, harrying them. There's no separation. He's like a frigging dog with a bone. He's yeah. all over them. His free kicks, his corners, everything about it, his passing range, the ability to be able to cover Robertson without speaking to each other. He's dropping into left-back. Robertson's bombing on and playing on the shoulder of Sykers last night against PSG. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, how... How has he gone almost unnoticed for so long? Everyone knows he's a good player. Yeah. Old, dependable James Mill. That's almost what he was. Well, that's what. But that's why I think is because I think he he's so useful. And look, Gerard felt far of this as well. Is when you're so good and you can do so many jobs and you're prepared to do jobs for people, then inevitably, you look, there's the. the, the there shouldn't be no doubt in anyone's mind in football that Gerard was a better footballer than mm. Frank Lampard and Paul Scholes. It, it, it should be absolutely undoubted. But unfortunately, because he was so good, the fact that he got 
put it for a spell here, out left wing, you've got to put it for a spell on the right wing, you've done this, 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 and this. That actually gets counted against them because it's harder to it's harder to measure and inevitably people look at goals and they look at the system and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, look at all the other stuff you did. But did you see Frank Lampard playing right back in the Champions League final? No, you wouldn't see it because he's just not capable of, of doing that. Paul Scholes, my God. You know, if you had to play Paul Scholes in a defensive situation, how long would he last on the pitch? You know, before he got horrendously sent off. That one. Well, yeah, God, yeah. And um, and the thing with James Milner, he's not had that recognition because he's been doing that. But I think what he's done, and I think this is why his attitude is so absolutely spot on. And I think you can see he's enjoying his game. I think footballers do naturally go to long season. I need to take care of myself, and maybe I will go seventy five percent here because I've got to make sure I'm available for for next week, and I'll, I'll give me all all when it's really the games that really, truly demand it. I think Milner's looked and gone, OK, I've probably got two more seasons left in me at the absolute pinnacle of football. I believe I have anyway. What do I want to be doing? Well, I want to play centre-mid, and I, I don't want to be... I'm too slow to be a winger now. I don't want to be playing left-back anymore, so I want to be a centre-mid. And I just feel like he has totally dedicated himself to changing his game. Chris, if you watched, without knowing who James Milner was, without any idea of where he came from or where he played or what you know, positions or clubs or whatever, how would you describe James Milner as a mid... What type of midfielder is he now? He's a tenacious... Tenacious midfielder. Is the, is the first word that came to my head when I was thinking box about Box to box? Yeah. Midfielder. James Milner is a winger. Yeah. James Milner came through the ranks as a winger. Right winger could play left wing, um, and then you go through natural and he can play in, a, in advanced positions, etc., etc. Was as a right mid, as a, a left mid, etc., etc. <laughs> you don't go from being a winger to being a tigerish centre midfielder. You just don't, no, you don't. and you're not when you're probably he's probably about five nine, maybe five ten. You know he's he's not he's not a monster physically or whatever he's not like super aerially dominant he doesn't you wouldn't naturally want to put him in those, in, in those positions and yet his application and his willingness to put his body on the line it's all part and parcel of this rededication we talk about the reinvention of yourself as a footballer mm. he he could be play look at, look at Stuart Downer right fine winger never really had the pace to ever be a truly world class or the mentality but that's, that's by the by he ended up a bit left back for us because he wasn't good enough to play left wing, and then he kind of set, he wanted to play midfield or or, or from or from wide, and he settled as being a championship level footballer because that's the only place he can he can get in doing that. Well, James Milner's again look at look what he's done. He's he has decided if he wants to play top level football, then he's going to have to be something more than he is because if you're going to be a winger, you know he's not hasn't got the attributes to be a modern Champions League Premier League quality winger. I look at the Fernando Torres example, Atletico Madrid. Fernando Torres, his career was on the way out. Once he left us, his career was just on a, a negative trajectory. Reinvented himself as a target man mm. and got a good couple of years out of himself at Atletico Madrid. James Miller deserves all the credit and, and, and love in the world for that. Um, leads us into a question from Lee Evans. Not that one. Um, Copite underscore G. How much would Milner be worth in the current market if he was 25 years old? What did Pogba go for? And how old was he? 23? Yeah, what, 90, 20, 90 million. years oldish. Like 100 million. Was he 100 million? 90 million? No, how old yeah. is Pogba? That's what I was asking at what age. I know how much he went for. 20, yeah, 23. About 24. About that, about 90 to 100 million probably. <laughs> if he's that, if he's this good at that age, yeah. Yeah, why not? 
Absolutely. It's not outlandish to say so. Yeah. He's better than Paul Pogba. There you go. Have that. I can't disagree. He's, he's I'm not. I'm not jesting in any way, shape, or form. Not doing you, it full banter. No, I'm not doing it. If you if you ask me who I'd rather have in Liverpool side, James Milner or Paul Pogba, and James Milner's 25 years old, I'd take I'd take James Milner. Brilliant. Could 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 not agree more. Um, fantastic. If you've got some love for James Milner, please do leave it in the comments underneath. And if you think he is better than Paul Pogba. Drop a like on this video right now. Uh, or leave a five-star review if you listen to the podcast. Um, we're going to crack on. We're going to talk about Southampton looming on the horizon at the weekend. But before we do, time for a little plug for some of the other wonderful work that we're doing around uh, the Redmen TV at the moment. The lads, Tom, Sy and Ross, have got their very own podcast after every single game. It is the Man of the Match podcast, and it's a chance to spread some love and have some love for the Liverpool players that perform best every week. Yeah, get on that, theredmentv.com. You can get that, as I say, as the fact that it's got a podcast in the title, in audio form or in video form, whatever takes your fancy. And that's true across pretty much all of the content we do on, on the website. So, you know, if, you, if you're from Australia and you've got severe internet issues, which we've discovered that people have a lot, I feel really sorry for you guys. Um, but... They could move over here. Just move over here. Um, your subscription, you know... You could watch it all. They're the outside the EU, aren't they? So Brexit won't affect, shouldn't affect them. That'd be absolutely fine. Um... So yeah, come over, get better instead. Or if you're struggling, as I say, you don't have to get with the the, the video versions of things. You can get the audio versions and save Might be easier for them thinking about it, you know, for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, moving over from Australia. So okay, listen, we've decided. Don't move over there. Just sign up to theredmentv.com. Yeah, and get our stuff in podcast. So we'll uh, do that now. Your we've sorted may it. May or may not improve because of it. Yeah, absolutely perfect. There we go. We fixed it. We fixed our. Won't improve. We still sign up. To. We fixed Australia. Well done. Was that the ASMR advert? Yes. Hi, Hi everyone. I'm touching. This is the ASMR version of the podcast. Shoulder. I've only just finished choosing this one in the office. It's, it's fucking weird. Anyway, Southampton, Chris. Um, yeah, to, to, to borrow an Indiana Jones and um, Claire, because there's no time for love, Dr. Jones. We can't stop. We can't stop to enjoy ourselves. Can't stop to celebrate. No, Nothing to celebrate. We've just won like, a game of football. We've won two good games of football on the bounce. Six. It is all for shit. Yeah. If you don't, then continue on and, and beat Southampton at the weekend. Yeah, but there's a... There's a change in how we're viewed as a, as a team now. There would have been a time, maybe even 18 months ago, where this Liverpool side get to results like this and people start going, yeah, that's fine. They will drop points at the weekend. And in the past, they probably would have been right about that. But this Liverpool side now, it doesn't feel like they're going to drop points. I, I, what I've got down here is that it would be, inverted commas, typical Liverpool to go and drop down. And it's funny, like, I don't... I, can't stand that expression because it doesn't ring true to me. But if you, we say this a lot, if you're 18 years old and you've lived through the last eight years of Liverpool as your main time as being a Liverpool supporter, yeah, I get it. Typical Liverpool, always always throwing stuff away when you're on the cusp of doing something good. And that that's the thing. I, the, the complacency there is something that desperately This Liverpool side's not about that, though, Paul. This Liverpool side's about going on and winning games consistently. We've mm -hmm. won the last six games on the bounce. Yeah. You know, I'm going back before that. When was the last defeat that we had? You know, Champions League final. Well, no, we had a defeat in um, 
pre-season and stuff, didn't we? But we had about another four victories in pre-season as well. So this Liverpool side is about going on and kicking on and doing better than the last game. And this Liverpool side is about improving your performances. And I think over the last two performances, we've certainly improved. And mm-hmm. this Southampton side is about coming out of here with maybe a point. Yeah. And that's you know that's not last season or the season before. They'd have been looking around going, we've done really well against them because mm-hmm. we've, we've made ourselves compact. We've made ourselves really hard to beat. Now they're looking at it and going, last year Salah dicked us. He, gave yeah. it, he schooled us in finishing and now we just want to get out of here and get on the coach home with just a point to hold on to and stuff and this Liverpool side is just it's set up to just continue the way that it's going yeah. because Klopp will just ride them until they, until they can't do it anymore yeah. and you know we've got the cup that's what the focus will be on the Carabao Cup and that's what Liverpool players will be looking towards that's when they get their little off time if there is going to be any off time and Southampton are just another team that we have to beat I can't put it to words how much I dislike Mark Hughes as a football manager. I don't know him as a person. I don't know if he's a nice person or not. And frankly, I really don't care. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they how they approach it because I think anyone with half a brain at this point would go to Anfield and just go, right, we're just going to literally stick everyone behind the ball. We're probably going to get beat either way. Let's go in and defend for our lives and try and, try and nick something from a, from a set piece or whatever. I'm not sure whether, for a start, because he was the guy who was supposedly going to revolutionise Stoke post Pulis and give them a bit more, a bit more freedom to play a bit of footy. Southampton, as we well know, are in their DNA a, a, a solid football inside. That's why we've, we've, you know, we, we've had so many of their players off is because we know that there's not a great transition between how they played football to how we were playing football. It'd be interesting to see how we approach this game if they. If they approach this game with with Vev, I I would be, I would be I'm confident of us getting a result regardless. But I think this is this could be the kind of game that we've been looking for, and the first type of the game like this since the West Ham game where we could kind of do with a team that wants to play footy against us but isn't great at it for us just to get into that swing of being clinical. And sticking and sticking. Yeah, you could be right there. there. The, the interesting thing for me is that Ings isn't going to be playing. Yeah. And, you know, they've been playing with two up top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shane Long's been playing and Danny Ings has been playing, and that will fundamentally change the way that Hughes' side sets up against us. You know, do you just bring Gabby Adini in? He's not been getting game time. Yeah, has Charlie so Austin got a, a Charlie got a, Austin a doesn't look like the he's moment. going to be coming into the side. They've got a young lad that Freddie from the ugly side was telling me about that he'd like to see more of, but he doesn't think it's going to happen. He just thinks what's going to happen is that 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 Danny Ing shaped hole is just going to that counts is just going to be pushed back into the midfield and gone. Keep it tight, lads. Yeah. And you're exactly right if that's the case because then it's a game where Liverpool have a lot of possession. Liverpool are going to be trying to rest a little bit more. You know, for for as much as we dominated PSG, it was a hard game, mm-hmm. exactly like Tottenham Hotspur. Rest in possession, try and break through, get the lads on the on the ball inside the box, try and shoot, get some goals in the bag, and walk away with you know not nothing expended. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's one of those, isn't it? The, it's hard to it's hard it's hard to build up to games like this without without wanting to without sounding like pricks. I I always struggle with these kind of games because let's be honest, if in many respects this is the kind of game where you just go. The analysis should be Southampton are like 13th in the league. They've only won one game this season. We are top of the league. We're top of the league for a reason. We're chock full of amazing, brilliant talent, and we're at home. Liverpool win. And let's get on with it. And in that regard, I would like us to, you know, as much as I'd like this to be a bit of a shooting gallery exercise and just getting everyone's sharpness up. Realistically, as you kind of say, there's a we've, we've expended a lot of energy in the last week. Mm-hmm. 
I would, I would, I would really, I wouldn't mind a nice professional performance here where you, we don't have to go flat out. We just control the ball. We, we pick our moments. You always talked about reference that Real Madrid side at its peak, just slow, 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 fast, go, strike, be incisive, and then bring it in again. You know, and take your time and, and, and manage the game really well. And I would, I'd be more than happy for this to be a. You know, we used to call it, we talked about in the pomp of Rafa days, those days where you just tear up, you have a very pleasant afternoon at the footy, you get a win and you go home and there's no mega talking points, there's no mega drama. There's no highs or lows. It's just, just a nice, consistent, good performance. Yeah, that would want. be that would be absolutely splendid. Uh, brilliant, we've got a couple of questions coming in from uh, viewers and subscribers, in fact, this week. Uh, the first one, very simple. Well, oh, oh actually, is it? It's, it's, not, it's not fucking simple, Paul. Are you kidding me? deceptively simple. And hail. At Hailant. See what he's done. Um, or is it Haley? It doesn't matter, Paul. Bacon or sausage? I think the answer is bacon. But it's freaking close, mate. Yeah, I, I see. I'm trying to watch what I eat at the moment, and basically sausages are, are, are off are off the market. I can eat bacon to my heart's content, and as a result... You want sausage? I want, I want sausages so badly. Want I want a, a nice, I just want a, a nice big sausage, Chris. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, Is that what you're looking for? Well, you've got it. Maybe you've got yourself. I want market. a big sausage in me. There, um, but bacon's fit as well. Um, if you could only have bacon butties or sausage butties for the rest of your life, bacon. Bacon, absolutely. But the thing is, the thing that makes it close is the sausage toast is versatile. Toast. The sausage is versatile. You know, you can change the flavourings and all yeah. that type of stuff. You can use it in, in a different, like, it's not like a breakfast type thing. You know, you get sausage and mash, mm-hmm. chorizo, you get all those yeah. type, you know, the, the, the andouille sausages, which have great Brittany style pancakes. If you went in a chippy and, and asked for a bacon and chips, you'd be a weirdo, wouldn't you? Whereas a sausage and chips is a meal. But you can have mac and cheese and all those type of things with bacon. And let's be honest, honest if you could fuck any bacon off it would be unsmoked wouldn't it yeah what's the point in unsmoked bacon like yeah it's, it's just it's just fucking it's just warm arm in it it's just <laughs> you know what i mean it's just fucking warm arm. <laughs> get lost get in the bin on your bike unsmoked bacon you're just warm ham um great there we go i don't think we could have answered that possibly any better matt froud who's a subscriber to the redmentv.com and presumably proud because he's in our facebook group let's just pick your liverpool modern pentathlon <laughs> team i don't know this is right Wikipedia says, and we're going only on this, if it's incorrect, we're going on Matt Froud. Uh, it says the events are 200 metre swim, show jumping, pistol shooting, and cross country running. Just only four. And he says, not sure why it's called a pentathlon with only four events, but sounds like a laugh regardless. So look, I look it's not our job here to analyse what and what isn't a pentathlon, only to answer the question put in front of us. So for 200 metre swim, Virgil. I, I, right, so I wanted to pick your brain on this as a former swimmer. Mm. Um, big shoulders. Big shoulders. Big okay, shoulders. cool. I was going to say, what is it that typifies a, 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 typifies a swimmer? And, you know, is it upper body strength? Yeah, a lot of the time. Like, if you, like the fastest the fastest stroke is butterfly that you can do where you put your legs together. It's not your fastest stroke, though. It is absolutely it? is, mate. Oh, 100%. Um, <laughs> I thought it was the five knuckle shuffle. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I'd, I'd thirty-five go, years I'd, old. I'd, I'd, go, I'd go Virgil. I'd go Virgil Van Dijk. He's in two hundred meters. He's, he's got the stamina to be able to go two hundred meters. I'm sure. Okay, yeah. I didn't really know what to go with. I was wondering whether you had to be quite quite lean and uh, lean and strong. So I was the inevitable one is like, would Salah be a good? Would Think, Salah do you be remember, a good swimmer? Do you remember Paddy? Who went to our school? Stephen Paddy. Do you remember the size? No, don't. He was our swimming our captain when he won the bronze in the. 50 meter butterfly maybe or maybe it was 200 meter butterfly actually in the olympic games six foot six six foot seven like a upside down fucking triangle his body looked like yeah. you know what i mean okay sad okay well I'm, I'm all in on that see i was gonna write so for show jump now i couldn't work out whether this was they were the, they were to be the horse or the jockey <laughs> 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 so if it was to be the horse, I went for Van Dyke with this because I okay, feel like with the so. whole main thing, I think he's got a, he's got a horse like quality. Um, but I went for Lallana because I feel like Lallana would be the most Tory of everyone. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like the Tory stuff does come into. I went with. Do you know what Lallana was a great shout for that reason as well. I went for the smaller guy. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So I just went for like Moreno. Been I think Moreno would probably it's like something he just does anyway in, yeah. his, in his spare time. Probably. Like Lallana, you know what he does with his spare time. But Moreno's probably off there. I bet Moreno jumping around the Albert Dock car park right now. I bet he's got a skate park in his back garden. Moreno. Moreno. I bet. I reckon he'd probably do something like get a giant hamster's wheel. For himself, and maybe like <laughs> a rat like, run tunnel or like something a, like that. Do you know what? In his house, yeah. and like he doesn't use stairs, he's just got tunnels and he goes up and Yeah, down you and ring the sl- doorbell and there's no answer, and then just this little hole opens at the bottom of the door and he just pops his head out. Yeah, like you know, just, he goes like, he goes like, ha. So all, Hola. <laughs> all that basically well, means he'd definitely be the best show jumper. Though, yeah, so. I um, I was gonna say he looks like a giant hamster, but he doesn't. He looks like a medium sized hamster, doesn't need to be fair. Um, pistol shooting. I went with Trent because I think Trent will probably play Call of Duty. Okay, I went Allison because I just think that the man's sense of sense of direction and he's just got that he's got the killer ball in him, hasn't he? Like you know what I mean? So I figured that Trent was actually was it was it was a shout that I considered, but I wondered whether that was a negative stereotype towards scousers to to have him be the lad who you'd give the gun to. Um, so that's just Call of Duty, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sure he plays it. Sure. Um, Cross country is there a better answer than James Milner? <laughs> I went for it was a toss up between Milner and Firmino, and I went with Firmino. Okay, sad. What was the because oh, he's a, he likes a press, doesn't he? Yeah. No, cross because he just fucking runs all day anyway, yeah, okay, doesn't he? You cool, know what I mean? Absolutely. It would the answer to that would have been Henderson like three years yeah, ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Right, um, we are going to be continuing this podcast over on theredmntv.com with a subscriber Q and A. Next questions, though, mate. So we want to know. We're going to want, if you ever want to know what Chris and I's go-to move is on the dance floor, uh, whether you had to, if you had to pick a Liverpool eleven of all time with only one player from any country, um, uh, let's see, one player from each of the rest of the top six and making a start in eleven. Favorite sneakers. No. Um, and if we were going on the Crystal Maze, um, <laughs> pick a Liverpool team to go against the Redmen TV team. Uh, and Lauren gave me the daggers there. Also, pick our Champions League five aside team as well. Um, so get over to the redmentv.com, sign up. It's free for the first month to get a little bit of a, a gander around the stuff that we do. It's video content and it's podcast content, as I say. So if your internet's not great, got your cover podcast, you can get you on the commute. You can download it into your podcasting app, all the exclusive stuff, so you can take it with you. Uh, and again, if you want to sit down and luxuriate with your feet up in front of the telly, you can do that as well. Uh, we've got every angle covered stats and tactics, analysis, and the daft shite 
that we're about to do on the subscriber Q&A as well. It's, it's the most popular podcast that we have on, the, on the website. As which... well it should be. Uh, thank you very much for watching and for listening. Walk on. <laughs>